You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, of course, this wonderful podcast. And because it is free agency week, and we continue to do free agency shows, join me on the other line from Forbes.com and the West Side Indianapolis News is Mr. Tony East. Tony, we are now, what, day, well, three of free agency. Do you feel any different? Not really. I mean, the league keeps evolving and changing, but no, nothing, ha- nothing has made me feel different yet. There were some crazy, crazy, crazy shakeup deals today around the league, but Again, not like the Lakers team is going to be wild next year, but nothing has been like mind blowing or anything that that's really changed me. But I am happy that it's flattened out enough that I can be like stable from minute to minute. Yeah. So on today's show, we'll kind of talk about the the timing of the rush of free agency. The Pacers can can do what they might do going forward. Um, we're heading towards the, the moratorium is ends on August sixth or seventh. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we're also going to do explain how Spencer Dinwiddie's new contract sign and trade factors into the Pacers and what's what's happened with that kind of like I think it's like a six or seven team trade uh but first we wanted to start with a couple uh tidbits around the Pacers uh you want to start with Goga or uh Kiefer Sykes let's uh do Kiefer Sykes really quick mostly because uh the video I made when watching his preseason tape is literally playing on my screen on autoplay so yeah let's do that first uh Shams reported it first Scott Agnes with some details on the back of this but Kiefer Sykes is signing with the Pacers uh, for training camp uh, on an Exhibit 10 contract. Uh, I had to explain this to Adam before, but I'll just do it again. Exhibit 10 deal basically means you're in training camp and you get a bonus if you uh, go play, if you sign with the Mad Ants after not making the Pacers. Or he could make the Pacers in theory. Uh, it's a one-year minimum deal, so in theory he could make the Pacers with that, but it's uh, it's not guaranteed they can just waive him and he'll get the bonus with the Mad Ants. He can play in preseason perhaps. Uh, he's still on the team then, and he's a point guard. So in theory, if he's really awesome, he could uh, get that third backup point guard spot the Pacers need. But I highly doubt he'll end up making the team. But you know, it's always possible. So yeah. training camp body, Kiefer Sykes is in. Yeah, it's what, it's what you call flyer of on of, of all kind of flyer. Like you're just taking a shot at a guy. He's 27 years old. Um, has never played in the NBA. He's played in all sure over. Has. He has played in the NBA. He played in the G League. That's not the NBA. But he okay. also has. He's played in the preseason a few times. Uh, in 2019, he played for the, uh, I don't want to say it wrong, but it's a Chinese league team called the Long Lions. Uh, yeah, so he's he played dropped, all over the, the world, but not just not really. Dropped 18 there. points against the Wizards in a preseason game, though, when the, the, their Chinese, uh, the Chinese league team came to the, the NBA for preseason. There. Gotcha. I don't know if that counts as an, as an NBA game, though. Yeah, okay. Fair I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> so I watched him drop buckets on actual NBA players. Like, he put Josh Richardson on skates against the Sixers. So he's, like, not, he's not an NBA player. He's really short. He's, like, 5'11", 5'10", point guard. But can light up the scoreboard, so he'll be fun to watch with the Mad Ants if he does report to them and, and get his bonus, and it's another training camp, buddy. And if he and uh, Terry Taylor are both uh, accurate Exhibit 10 deals for the Pacers and they keep all the guys they have, they have 19 of 20 training camp spots filled. It's only one more guy to go. Yeah, I guess Sykes is most known for hitting what a, a, the game-winning, shot, game-winning shot in the, uh, the basketball tournament for Beheim's Army. Yeah, he won like $80,000 for making that shot. Like they split the salary up amongst their team, but yeah, yeah the, the dollar shot for the team. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's awesome for him. So that's a, that's like a minor news signing thing, but there's a lot more serious stuff going on with the Pacers. Yeah. So the other big news was Goga, who was originally out of, out of, um, 
summer league due to a back injury or sore back is now summer league training camp. Yep. Is now, is yeah training camp now too for personal reasons or just out of like, or do we not know yet? I guess. So he wasn't out of summer league. He was just out of practices. He could still have played in summer league. But anyway, gotcha. he missed the first, they, they call it, I think rookie or free agent camp or something or summer league camp, whatever. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. Okay. But the, they, they said the Pacers released a statement two days ago saying that Goga hasn't practiced yet um, because of back soreness. And then today, Mike Weinar, the coach of the Pacers in summer league, who is an assistant with the team came over from Dallas with Carlisle. Uh, right away, the, the first question to him, I had to rewatch the presser. It wasn't live, but uh, the first question to him from Scott Agnes was what's up with Goga's back. And he said, Goga's not with the team for personal reasons right now. Um, and everybody's tinfoil hand went pa-ching because, you know, trades that we talked about why the Pacers are probably going to make another somewhat move yesterday. But Scott Agnes says, take off your tinfoil hats. It's not the case in his piece. He says, according to a league source, it is indeed a personal matter and not team related. So uh, the only thing I had to take away from this is I hope Goga's okay and that he can he can get what he wants. He wants to play in summer league, so I hope he's okay and uh, he can return to to what he wants to do short as soon as possible. Yeah, it's just kind of another bummer for the Pacers uh, and what has been really kind of a uh, just. I mean, what, I don't want to call it disappointing because it's not the right way to put it, but sort of just like can never get his like his footing down with the Pacers. It feels like every time he like gets healthy or something happens, something else happens to him, and then he's out for a while. So it's kind of kind of sucks, I guess. Yeah, I, I I have nothing to say, but I hope he's okay. Honestly, like, and without yeah. knowing the situation, and I doubt we ever will know. I hope he's all right. You know, he was at like in terms of injury for him, like he was playing over. Uh, you know, the Pacers were out in a thousand Oaks, like a lot of the team in California working out together, right? We saw videos of that, and Gogo was playing in those in those scrimmages, right? So I thought his injury was pretty minor when they released it, like you know, something you take out of practice, but you can still eventually get healthy for summer league. So I think the personal stuff is pretty substantial if he's, you know, if, if it, if it is at the point where he isn't even around the team. So I hope he's good and I hope he can come back and play. And, and, you know, he was working out with the team this summer. Seems like he's motivated to get better. He wants to play summer league, but tell that, uh, tell he, hopefully he just gets squared away. I, I don't have a lot to add here. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he definitely has, a, it seems like he wants to play and, and wants to uh, try to like make it, make it into the team's rotation this year. Finally. Agreed. Um, the other news, and then the last kind of one, extremely is not, minor. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It was not unexpected, but Chris, Chris Duarte signed his uh, his rookie rookie scale contract, 120 percent of whatever the slot of value is, according to. Let's see, I had it from uh, Hoops Rumors. Put to that, 17.7 million dollars over five years with a 3.7 million dollars annual salary. Uh, I'm assuming, like most rookie deals, the third and fourth year are technically non guaranteed, but most time they get picked up. So, yeah, Correct. Duarte is in line to you know be a patient in the next four seasons barring something crazy yep uh yeah he got drafted 13 so locked into the rookie skill for sure the reason they're able to sign him and not the other free agents is uh because of like so with minimum contracts and rookie scale deals like they're locked in to a salary slot like they can't go up or down based on the cap and they can't really like there's no timing issues with signing them um so the the nba allows teams to sign guys to rookie scale contracts two ways and minimums even before the moratorium is over. So the Pacers were able to sign Duarte officially. Uh, really, they could have done it on on uh, Monday the 3rd, but uh, excuse me, Tuesday the 3rd, but they they did it today. It doesn't matter, whatever. He's been practicing with uh, the Summer League Pacers already. Some nice videos of him getting some jumpers up. Cool to see him with the team. So yeah, he's officially signed. Not that much newsworthy, uh, but still noteworthy that he's officially signed. Isaiah Jackson, who we have a lot to talk about with, ironically, in a second, 
is not signed yet because he's not officially on the Pacers yet. That trade via the Lakers, via Washington, technically via the Spurs, via the Nets. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, has not been completed yet, so he cannot sign yet. But assuming that trade all goes through, it's huge now. Uh, he will once that takes place. But Duarte, officially an Indiana Pacer. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that we did a show yesterday kind of where the Pacers stand in the salary cap. This was already factored into that. I think Tony had put down whatever the number was. So, um, or the t- like when we're looking at the cap sheet that at least Tony had made or that we were talking about, we had already assumed he's going to sign for this. So this doesn't actually change much with the Anything. team's luxury tax right. situation. They're still right up on the threshold. <laughs> this is yep. The only way it could change is if he didn't sign for 120% of the rookie scale, but that literally never happens. So. Yeah. I mean, that's not how that, because they're so, because rookies are so under paid because the market is restricted anyways that like it doesn't happen yep like there's these first round picks that they turn out be really good they're like the most valuable contracts in the league basically you're on it they end up being good by your three um, so speaking of the isaiah jackson trade that's where we want to go because yeah. you know a draft night we heard what it was was aaron holiday and the 31st pick for the 22nd pick which became isaiah jackson and that might still be the case but it also might not be the case and we talked about why the pacers might make another move yesterday if you want to learn why the Pacers might not be done just from a cap standpoint. Listen to yesterday's show, but it kind of plays into today. And McDermott could be a sign and trade guy. We yeah, can you, talk about no, that. Tony, you're you're starting to give it away. Let's, let's no, I'm just there's a lot of layers to this. Then there's a re- I'm I'm trying to give the listener a reason to stick around, Adam. Well, I I, I have a good tease if you let me get to it. Well, then do it. Let's see it. Well, so like we're we're gonna explain why Spencer Dinwiddie's uh reporting of his of his three-year 62 million dollar deal with the wizard affects the pacers and could it like have ramifications for like eight teams across the league so about that next but first today's locked on pacers podcast is brought to you by rock auto the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless receiving intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the computer orders the parts from their computer to the only brand the warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer, you have a cell phone, and with that, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why should you spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low and the same for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Go explore their easy to use website today and find a solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how to hear about us box so they know that we sent you main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Dot com. All right. So before the draft, the Lakers and Wizards made a swap of Russell Westbrook for a bunch of players. From there on, the Wizards then started making other moves with those players and picks and well, really the picks involved and looped in the Spurs, the Pacers and the Nets. And now with Mr. Didn't we as well? And so, Tony, can you explain like what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. So. If the headline of this podcast, I don't know what Adam's going to do, is why the Spencer Dinwiddie trade affects the Pacers. Here's why. So Adam was correct. The chronology there. The Russell Westbrook trade happened first, and, and Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers. And then uh, Kuzma, KCP, Montrez, Harrell, and the 22nd pick went to the Wizards, right? And that trade could have been it right there. Done. But the Wizards are like, nah, we don't want to do that. So they take this 22nd pick that they just got from the Lakers, and they trade it to the Pacers for Aaron Holiday and the 31st pick. And they had a trade exception to take an Aaron Holiday. Bada bing, bada boom. We're done, right? That's it. It's a three-team trade. It's over. Nothing else nice to happen there. But 
then the Wizards wanted to get Spencer Dinwiddie, and they can't get him. They're over the cap. They have to sign and trade for him. But it turns out that they can fit Spencer Dinwiddie's money into this Westbrook trade, and and that that's it. The Nets don't have to take back any money, which is good for them. They can use Dinwiddie to get some picks. So today it was announced that Spencer Dinwiddie will be signed and traded to the Wizards on a three-year $62 million deal from the Nets, and that trade's getting looped into the Westbrook trade. And because the Pacers are getting the 22nd pick from the Lakers in the Westbrook trade, the Pacers are now involved in the Spencer Dinwiddie trade. So Spencer Dinwiddie is going to the Wizards. A second-round pick and a second-round pick swap is going to the Nets. But that trade was still not quite legal. The Wizards had to send out a tiny bit more money to make it legal. So they are sending Chandler Hutchinson and, two, or, and a second-rounder to the San Antonio Spurs. So now the trade has the Lakers, the Wizards, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pacers, and really the Bucks too, because the Bucks uh, traded the 31st pick. Oh, for yeah, 50, my God. 60 and two seconds. But that trade's already official. That one already has gone through the NBA transaction log. No big deal. But anyway, the reason this impacts the Pacers is, one, it's agreed to now, like in full, I believe, because of all these pieces. So there should be no delays uh, on the 6th, right? Like there was some murmur that this was going to get so huge that it could be really delayed. And that's possible that it still gets a little bigger, um, but I doubt it. So this should be able to go right on the 6th uh, when the league moratorium officially turns over on Friday. And then the Pacers can get Isaiah Jackson as soon as possible, which is good because they travel to Vegas for summer league on Friday. I'm sure they'd like to let him practice before he plays with the team. So that's one impact for the Pacers is that this is all the Wizards got their end of all this sorted out so that this whole trade can be completed. But two, the reason I think is more interesting and worth discussing, the Spurs are now involved in this trade. Why does that matter? Well, Doug McDermott, if you'll recall from our Monday podcast or because you keep up with the news, is signing with the Spurs. Uh, he is going there on a three-year, $42 million deal. Because the Spurs are taking him into cap space, it would not affect any of this trade if the Pacers just add Doug McDermott to the Spurs in as a sign-and-trade option, which will allow the Pacers to create a nice big $7.3 million trade exception. Uh, the Spurs won't just do that for the Pacers. They'd have to be enticed by something, maybe a crappy second-round pick, maybe cash. cash. And cash. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm going to shout out uh, someone I shouted out yesterday at first. But anyway, Adam, do any of those uh, reactions to that trade, does that all make sense? Does that, you know, how does this benefit the Pacers? Is this all, is it, is it clear as mud? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the big loser of this whole trade is now Aaron Holiday. I thought he was going to be a starting point guard for the Wizards, and now he might be like the third point guard on their team. They also sound Prowl Neto. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, if, if Neto outplays him, he, he uh, will be on life support for his career. Yeah, I mean, so I, I would assume something like this will figure out how to like, – they'll make it legal some way because I don't think this many teams get involved without a bunch of cap people knowing the rules and figuring it out. So I'm not oh, sure. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm not – you know, I think at the moment, like, there, it might not be completely legal because certain – I think you were explaining to me certain teams have to make trades and touch parts of other teams, but they'll figure that out because I think you don't – like, there's just too many pieces involved, and if it blew up, and it would, like, pretty much be a cascading effect across the entire free agency landscape, right, because uh, it would change the Lakers dynamic and a lot of things. Um, so I'm sure they'll figure this out. But, yeah, I mean, I guess – if it doesn't, the Pacers a, a, a trade player exception that would be a valuable asset. I assume a second round pick could probably get that done. And like I've said many times, those are probably they're pretty worthless in general. So it's okay giving up one. The Pacers have plenty of extra ones. Yeah. So the the benefit for the Pacers of trading McDermott for a trade exception, and the stat will come up. Most trade exceptions don't get used. That's true. Uh, but also, most trade exceptions are extremely small. And a McDermott trade exception would be seven point three million. Now, a lot of the Pacers to take in like a not terrible player for nothing yeah. in return in theory. The problem so, with it is that is, is not that the Pacers 
it's the Patriots don't want to pay luxury tax, and that's really that's really their cap, not necessarily like correct, right? Because like if it, well, the the benefit. So so my follow up to that is trade exceptions last for a calendar year yeah, or so. a, a league year, right? So they could use it next off season when the tax is no longer a concern. But it, but it, then it probably will be still next year, assuming that they resign Warren to a bigger deal. They will then become you know what I mean. So like. I'm not sure. I mean, because like, right, they'll still have the the MLE next year. So like, I, I have a hard time believing if the team ends up being okay that they re-sign Warren, have the M, use the full MLE, and still have let's call it seven million dollars left for a trade exception. Right? It, it's not. Yeah, it's not like more valuable than the MLE, and they might not have the space to use it. But you'd rather have it than not have it. Oh right? yeah, I mean, it, it's a if you can get it for like something you you don't have a ton of value for. It's a very it's just like a nice little extra tool to have. But um. I don't know if it's like a if it's a thing like if the Spurs are like are demanding something that you consider like kind of valuable even like like let's say hey, you, you say could, no immediately yeah, right. even if it's like let's say like, like like what they could do a second round pick right just do like one of these weird ones where like if it falls between forty six and sixty or whatever and maybe the you know if you're afraid of that you don't want to go like a pick, be the top forty five or whatever but um, I mean it, it's it's worth obviously worth having but I just I just have a hard time believing what the Pacers are unless they're willing to pay the tax that they'll use it use it next season. Unless like a lot of other things don't like unless Warren sent somewhere else and that could change. They, they might end up being pretty far from the tax next year, actually. I mean, like well, so you, because you they'll would. lose Lamb, they'll lose Warren's money. Uh, no one else goes up a ton next year, and the tax is predicted to go up by more. So it's possible that even if they re-sign Lamb at like twenty to twenty-five million, that they'll have enough. They'll have yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Warren. Uh, at twenty to twenty-five million, that they'll still have enough room to use the MLE and the trade exception, but barely. barely. Well, so yeah, the cap goes what's one thirty-nine, or the trade goes one thirty-nine to one forty-six next year. That, that's a good difference. The closer to one forty-six, the better for the Pacers. There. Um, yeah, so you I mentioned just, something earlier. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I just the thing, the way it becomes valuable to me is worth having is one. If you lose Warren, then you have an ability to like at least make up the player with a decent side, right? Because Warren, if you lose Warren, you don't just lose him; you lose the ability to actually sign somebody to replace him because. You can't replace it kind of because you're, you're over the the the, uh, the salary cap. The same thing happened with the Bucks and Brogdon two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. Now, like you don't want to lose the player because it's you can't replace him because you can't just spend that money elsewhere. So that's that's why it's helpful. And two, if you do have a good team this year and you're willing to pay the tax, then it's obviously super valuable to have as well. Yeah, or if you're able to dump Lamb for nothing, then you have another way to add a player. It'd be it'd be worth more than the MLE they have left, right? It'd be their strongest yeah. tool. No, but if they dump Lamb, they have the, ML, the full more MLE then. No, they already used half of it on Craig. Oh, they did. Okay. Okay. Right. So that that actually the the yeah. trade exception at that point would be their strongest tool to add someone there. Right? No, yeah. If they're able to double in for nothing, yeah, totally. That's unlikely, but it's unlikely. can they get Lamb into this trade? That's the question. <laughs> uh, in theory, the Nets will open up a big enough trade exception for him, but no, they will not take. The Nets it. don't want Jimmy Lamb. They, could, they need players. <laughs> uh, he because of their tax bill, I think he would cost them like thirty to thirty-five million dollars. So no. Look, I just I just threw my mouth a little bit thinking about how much money that would cost <laughs> the team to have Jimmy Lamb, who they probably couldn't even play. So shouting out the same guys yesterday who always helps me with cap stuff, Scott McNeilis at Indy Cincy. We were talking about the Spurs involvement and potentially getting McDermott in this deal to get the Pacers this trade exception uh, or expanding it in general. And like, so the rule Adam referenced earlier where teams have to touch more than one team, like in a three team trade, all the teams have to touch each other in a multi-team trade. You have to touch at least two teams. It can't just be like linear pathing or else you could get some very crazy trade where you like scale up the salary from like team one to team 10 and trade like a $2 million. Oh yeah. You, like you incrementally move up them. Exactly. Up and you're trading an $8 million player for $25. Exactly. Cause if you could trade for 175% of the salary, you could just trade an $8 million player to team B and then team B sends a guy to team C who sends it to team D to team E and then team E sends it back to team A. And it's actually what would be lawyer 
re- realized that it had to write that in the rule. Yeah, book. yeah. So it, it anyway. Uh, so they have to have lots of more moving parts and trades. But anyway, uh, so the Spurs are currently only interacting with the Wizards as of the net. So in theory, they have to add one more team. So it's very easy for them to just go. Well, wait, we can the Pacers. We can step in and make this McDermott a sign and trade. And really, this is kind of what Scott said to me. It's like, why not? Like it benefits Indy to the point of like, like it doesn't hurt anyone else, especially if they compensate the Spurs. So it just kind of makes sense that it would happen that way. Uh, so the minimum tr- cash you can send out in a trade involving multi-teams, I didn't know this. I thought it was just the minimum cash, but it's actually 1.1 million in cash. Uh, that's kind of a lot actually just for a trade exception that is because, a lot. because you only have an allotment of something about five and a half to six million in cash you can trade over the course of a year. And in theory, you can buy second round picks like next year with the same allotment of cash. So that's kind of a lot. That said, if that's what it t- if that's all it took, maybe you do that. They also have this really crappy second the Pacers have. It's not really crappy, but it's pretty crappy. Do a crappy. pick swap? Could you like just do a swap second round pick? No, swaps don't count as yeah. as uh, an exchange of assets in this situation. That's why the Wizards had to give up a second and a swap to to do the Dinwiddie deal. Um, the Pacers have a 2023 second that will be the worst of Dallas, Houston, and Miami second rounder. So there's a chance Miami, after they went crazy this offseason, and Dallas, who have Luka Doncic, are both very good that year, and that picks. Yeah, that's probably one that's going to be in the what late 40s, maybe. Yeah, early maybe 40s. even worse than that. So yeah, I'd I'd probably be willing to part with that for the trade exception myself. I understand why maybe you wouldn't be as the Pacers because we just saw that you can use four seconds to to make some serious noise in the second yeah, round. Yeah, I mean, I think that what did I think Dave Sorelli said this, but it was like basically take the loose change and make a dollar out of it. Yeah. So it's possible that they don't do that, but also a seven point whatever three million dollar trade exception can be a good way of loose change. So, um, yeah, the, the, this is a lot of craziness, and it could just as is be done, right? It's perfectly legal. There's, like maybe the Nets just send the Spurs the draft rights to someone we've never heard of or something, and then it's done, right? That would require all of the stuff. Um, but you know, just because the Pacers are already in it and they're already getting Isaiah Jackson and the Spurs are already in it. McDermott's already going there. Why not just shore all this up now? And or they could throw in like Keelan Martin. Uh, Well, the Spurs already have so uh, much of their team filled out that no, I don't think they could do. Well, it'd be right. It's a non-guaranteed chance they just cut him. In theory, if they could do it, yeah, if they could do it on the sixth, and then the the receiving team could cut him, maybe. But I, I mean, what's the point? The Pacers could just cut him. You know what I mean? Well, no, just to get the the TPE then. Oh, that wouldn't add to the TPE though. Oh, you couldn't do an assigner to get the TPE. You, you can't combine player salaries into one TPE. No, 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 no. But could you get it still? So if you trade it, if you just sign and trade, well, no, wait, there's that's yeah, that's not really yeah. There's no point. <laughs> you figured yeah, it yeah. out. No, you're right. There's absolutely no point. Yeah. Um, so no, he would, I mean, unless some team actually wants him, he would not be involved. So that's why the Dinwiddie trade matters to the Pacers because it could help them a little bit getting a trade exception and and because their end of it is now wrapped up on Washington's side, we know Isaiah, the Isaiah Jackson deal can probably happen as soon as possible, which is good news. So that was a lot to say. I hope that all made sense. But including our topics from yesterday, just even more stuff to add on why the Pacers might not quite be done in this free agency period, even if the stuff they still might do, which is like a minor lamb trade or pushing back Keelan's guarantee date or a sign and trade of McDermott, is all very minor. It's all something they could in theory do. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to talk about what's left for agency with the Pacers? Yeah, I just, After I that. told Adam this earlier. I want to talk about timing of free agency, and it'll make sense when we talk about it. But yes, let's do that. 
Yeah, and I have a couple of things I want to ask you after spending a day to think okay. about the Jeremy Lamb stuff. So let's do this. We'll talk about that next. But first, today's Locked on Patriots podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing. You can track all that action on betonline.ag. The latest news, odds, and info for all your sport needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MA action. So before the next pitch, head over to the website, your laptop mobile device, check out all the great news, sign up most kind of information. Don't send the silence anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as your teams prep for their playoff runs. Head over to today, your mobile device. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, so yesterday we talked a little bit uh, about the Patriots possibly making another move, something to try to clear a little bit of space by basically swapping Jeremy Lamb for a player of um, like lesser salary value. And I think the more I thought about it last night and into today, it seems like that is like pretty, I mean, I don't want to say highlightly, but it seems like a really like Patriots should be pushing for that the next couple of days as like, because we, what we're seeing right now for agency is the dominoes haven't quite all fallen. I mean, we've, you know, John Collins recently signed, DeMar Rosen signed, but they're still in Dinwiddie as well. But there's some still some big names like Schroeder, Lori Markin are still out there. So, like, before all those dominoes fall, the Pacers, somebody should try to hop in and make some kind of move just to just to move a little bit farther away from luxury tax. Well, I was actually going to say those dominoes are the reason it's harder to trade Lamb right now. Right? Oh, you think so? Okay. I mean, yeah, I because, because teams that still have a big enough trade exception for Lamb or have cap space to sign some of those guys who are all waiting on something, and we'll talk about timing in a second, they probably would like to not trade. They would like to sign somebody first. Like they, they could, okay, we have a pick of these players. Let's try to pursue that first, and then if that doesn't happen, we go for Lamb. That's how a lot of – go for is the wrong word there, but that's how a lot of teams think. Like the, the, the trades are not going to – that trade offer will always be there, right? It's like – that that's kind of their backup plan. And so the reason I wanted to talk about timing, because I agree with you that the pace, that's probably what the pitcher should be pushing the hardest for because it's their easiest way to save a lot of money. Like cutting Keelan helps a little bit, but it's not quite, we talked about the bonuses yesterday. Like it could not be enough. It probably will be, but it could not be. Whereas lamb for someone cheaper could just, you're good. You're done. There's your team. So that I, I agree with you. They should probably be maybe not aggressive. Like that's, it's not worth giving up at substantial assets for anything maybe like the second rounder we talked about last segment but um and also if they get a trade exception they could do more lopsided trades with lamb anyway um you know once like so the timing thing i want to talk about is this happens every year in free agency where there's one move that nothing happens until it it does right because every team is like thinking about or trying to get involved in that one thing and then once it happens okay we can pivot to this and this and this last year was gordon hayward uh, Kawhi a couple years ago was a big one. I thought it was going to be Kyle Lowry this year, but he chose the heat in like two seconds. So some, I thought it was the Dinwiddie trade, but something's kind of slowing down this year because like Adam said, like, I mean, at Kawhi probably will be signed with the Clippers, but maybe it's him. Yeah, but man, I don't know. Where else could he sign anyways? The Mavs, I think, are the only team with the space. Okay. Was, but yeah. like Dennis Schroeder, Larry Markinen, Kelly Oubre, Reggie Jackson, Josh Hart, Danny Green, like all those guys are still out there. And like, well, so Jackson is probably being held up by Leonard. A little bit, I would possibly, assume. possibly, and maybe green, or maybe well. the Bucks are offering a ton for him, right? You never know. What can the Bucks offer? Full tax MLE. Yeah, not bad. Lou Williams still out there. Paul Millsap still out there. 
Ken Burch still out there, right? I mean, it's not a world beater, but like there's a, it's like, like very quality, like rotation or better even like starter quality in the case of like Danny Green and Schroeder. Like there are good players still out there, right? So that's why I think a lamp trade is really hard right now because any team with the means to get him, it's like, well, let's, let's look at these available guys first who are better or are better fitting or are cheaper. And then if they strike get on there, then a lamb trade could happen. That's why the timing of this is important because I'm not, maybe it was the Dinwiddie trade and we'll see a bunch more signings tomorrow or a slew of these guys. Maybe it's marketing because he's the best restricted guy left, which sometimes can be a thing, but you know, something will, will break the bottleneck and then it will make more options open up for the Pacers. Yeah. Did you see the latest rumor? Uh, I know we don't like to do a ton of rumors in there, but Lou spoke to the Indiana or late Aiden spoke to the Indiana Pacers. So maybe who's that from uh, Evan Massey. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I, you know, to me, Lou Williams, eight, eight agent right now, he said, it says Boston Indiana has, has spoken to Lou Williams about free agency. Or spoken to, yeah, free agent Lou Williams. I mean, not that it means anything, but it's a lot of his agent talk, frankly. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if Schroeder, too, is a little bit of this thing because he's sort of the best available player now left. And yeah, what, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's going on with his market yeah, he's either. He's probably somebody who could get, does he get, all the teams that needed a point guard are done after Kemba. It's over. Like they're all done. So, well, so one of the like the Mavs need a bench point guard. If they even fit there, really. do they? Do they? No. No, know. they have Jalen Brunson. They're fine. So then, Mark, Mark, and seemed like he's Mark for the Mavs, right? Unless he was put back to the Bulls. Well, then uh, the Bulls, the Spurs, the Mavs. I mean, the Hornets. Any team with space might try to get in. Okay. Well, I mean, the Bulls will probably. Well, they probably won't. Will Will they match? Who knows? Who the hell knows? <laughs> Um, frankly, that's hey, there's a lot of consideration still before a lamb thing. And even that's why you can't dump Keelan. Like you talked about last segment too, is like teams still want to use their space at this point, even if they could wave him immediately. Like what's the point? So yeah, I think that there, I, I'm just theory crafting because it's, it trades come after free agency. Usually, unless it's a huge one that would trickle yeah. down, like you're getting a star and you want to build your roster around them. Like usually the, the role player trades or the, the unwanted contract trades come later on. Like, okay, we struck out on free agency, but we still have the space left. Oh, we can get a small asset for our trade exception. We kept this whole time. Great, let's do that. Like, that's usually the order, and that's what I think. If, if they're trying to move him. I'm not even sure the Pacers are trying to move him. You know, Jade kind of reported it, and given their cap situation, it makes sense. But I'm not actually, I don't actually know that they are or are not. So we'll see about that. But that's like... We've kind of hit the end of what we can cover about the Pacers free agency since they haven't done anything. But I think the timing element is the last thing that I want fans to think about is like, if, if you're wanting to see the lamb trade or you're wanting to get closure on the things that the Pacers will do to finalize their roster, whether that's pushing back Keelan's date or whatever, you're wanting that bottleneck to break sooner so that it all can start happening. And I don't know what's causing it. It's, it, it I thought it was Dinwiddie. Now that that hasn't done anything, it might be quiet and it could be nothing. It could be the teams are all being cheap, but you know, we want it to break open and all and all basically the top 30 or 50 guys to be off the board because then the trade stuff gets a little hotter. Yeah, I think the issue, too, right now is there's a lot of players who like you just don't know if you really want to pay. Right. So it's sort of I like, like it. definitely like I mean, because like I think Dinwiddie and DeRozan and John Collins, it was like you want to pay them. Just, just It's how much. Right. That It's more like yep. a how much deal. The rest of the guys are like, do you even really want to pay them like a multi-year deal? I mean, we saw like Old Depot signed for the minimum, basically. Right. Which is yeah. like insane considering that, that what, three-year fall, basically. Um, but like, I mean, which, and that's pretty short of the, will, he, will he take a really, really low deal to go somewhere for one year, which is not what he wanted. And I think he turned down. Didn't he turn down a four for 72 also from the Lakers, Schroeder? Uh, yes, yeah. he did during, I thought it was four for 84, maybe. For, I don't know. Oh, a lot, a lot. Okay. Yeah. More than he's going to get, that's for damn sure. That many NBA players have, uh, 
too much confidence. I know they better themselves, but man, they really, really. I think if Dennis Schroeder knew that the Lakers would trade for Russell Westbrook, he would have taken that deal at the time. But yeah, you know, I think he thought right. he'd, he, I think yeah. he thought he'd be able to bend them over a barrel because especially if they had a good playoff run, he probably would have. But right, they, that's it. Yeah. They, they yeah, he is in, I mean, the, the Pelicans getting Devontae Graham, Knicks get Kemba, uh, Lakers get Russ, like all the teams that needed a point guard. Uh, Bulls got Lonzo, right? Like yeah, he's got it a, right, they did it right away. And he's just like, wait, now what do I do? There's got to be so pissed about the Devontae Graham deal because Graham is not a better player than I don't think. I don't think so either. Right. And Graham got, but he only got 12 million a year. Sure. might not even get that now. Yeah. But like, that's, that's what I mean. It's really time for like five. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's where you gotta be like, what the hell just happened? Like, you know, at least I should be getting the, what did Graham get three for 36 or three for four Four for 47, I think. Four for 44. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he should at least be signing for that. Yeah. So maybe he's about like, who knows, but from a Pacers perspective, that's what you're looking out for. Um, so yeah, that is, I think every Pacers news update were caught up. Uh, reasons they might still do something were caught up, stuff they have to consider were caught up. So tomorrow we might like take a look around at the league and like what stuff happened on the Pacers. But if nothing happens, we're going to have to preview summer league because the Pacers play a summer league basketball game with their rookies and some other young players on the team in three days, in three days. So we got to get on that a little bit too. Yeah, we're getting, I mean, Get a summer league, and then what? We've got like a maybe a six week hiatus, and all of a sudden, then we're back into preseason, and the <laughs> season begins once again. And now we're back to real basketball. Summer league ends the day before the fever season restarts, and then the fever season ends nine days before training camp starts. So, if you're looking to fill your basketball fix, might I recommend the Indiana Fever? But we're 11 days away from me needing to plug that all the time. Yeah, one well, members a shorter off season because the league started yep. two months late, a month and a half late, and they played through july basically so so if you're uh, a pacers fan craving news desperate for news, you will you will definitely get keelan news in the next uh let's say two days and you're what you want to see is a big name move or a slew of moves or you want to see mcdermott's name pop up in a potential sign and trade that's what you're looking out for for the next couple days yeah i i i feel like there could be some lamb news eventually whether it's just like they're not like like it almost a not being traded news thing too but i feel like something's gonna about that I just feel like i don't know if we'll get news if he's not dealt that's true we might well we might get the j michael article of like they tried to be playing <laughs> but couldn't or somebody you know one of those like maybe not j michael even on that it's maybe on a lower level than him who's like they lamb has been the market where they couldn't move him or whatever just that little rumor out there but we'll we'll see what happens honestly. we will we will definitely see what happens so as always you can follow this podcast at locked on pitches on twitter call tony at teased nba me at free Batman five that is all for his Locked on Pacers podcast. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.